All right, being a mom is hard, but being a mom during summer vacation when the kids are in the house, and it feels like the days can be the longest ever, can be even harder. And so we're here again with another summer kind of quick, impactful podcast to give you some tips on handling life things that are really difficult. Today, we're going to talk about summer discipline with kids at home and how you can get stuff under control and less stressful. Let's get started. Hello, Sama alaikum. Welcome to another episode of the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim, licensed educator of 20 years, mom of five, and big sister to the community. As you know, in this podcast, we come to you every Monday and Friday with tips and tricks on how to live a more mindful, modern life as a Muslim without compromising your deen, your identity, and thriving with your other sisters. And so, Today it's hard because I know that so many moms are struggling. They're suffering silently and they feel like they're the only ones. They're the only ones who are losing patience with their kids. They're the only ones who feel stressed out. Now, some of you have had your kids home all year because of COVID, because of the school regulations, and some of you are just forced to have them home because it's summer vacation and they're bored every day or they just want to watch TV or be in devices and you don't feel so good about that. Or maybe you're going back and forth with them about the basic things like cleaning their room or just getting anything done. Or maybe they're just so bored that they're bothering you a lot. I mean, Allahu alam. I know all of us are in different life situations, but here's the thing. I not only have raised six kids now, alhamdulillah, between the ages I think of five and 23, so we have about three of them are married at this point. We do have some little ones still around. And um, subhanAllah, I've also, as you know, taught thousands and thousands of teachers and um, principals and also children, obviously, when I used to actually teach as an educator. And so dealing with families, understanding the dynamics worldwide, cultural, you know, social, religious, it's it's totally what I've done forever. So I'm gonna give you some tips that I use in my house to keep my sanity and especially in the summer and also just in general as a mom. But at this time I know it can be hard. So let's get straight to it. It's gonna give you about four things that I generally make sure that I'm doing no fail in the summer. And the first one is I abide by the golden rule. Children who are bored get in trouble. Okay? Children who are bored get in trouble because they're bored. I want you to imagine every day you wake up, you have things to do. You have cooking, you have cleaning, you have work, you have errands. Guess what kids have? Nothing. They have nothing to do. So they're tirelessly looking for something to do because they are bored out their minds. So what I tend to do as a mom is I know that when my kids have nothing to do, they're going to gravitate ooze into my areas and all the things I have to do and make it really hard. So I always make sure that I am prepared. And so what I would say for you as a mom is if your kids are bored and driving you crazy, maybe it's because just that they're bored. It's the same thing in a classroom when I used to teach kids. I always knew if kids had nothing to do, they were going to find something to do. And sometimes I don't want them to find those things. I want them to do other things because those are just going to make a lot of trouble for me and everyone else in the house or in the classroom, right? So what I would say is be prepared. We tend to have like a list of things to do when they're bored and they're supposed to go check their list. Like my son's always like, I have 10 minutes of free time. What do I do? And I'm always like, check your list. And he goes over to his list and it says things like jump on the trampoline, talk to a friend on the phone for 10 minutes. Cause he doesn't, he's a guy, he doesn't talk a lot on the phone 
connect a lot. You know, um, you know, go on his his scooter or whatever, or you know, draw a picture for your uh, someone in the family, or like it's just a, basically like a long list of stuff for him to do. He's nine, and he often does one of those, like p- take out your Legos and try to build the biggest tower. Like I've just brainstormed with him one day everything that he likes to do, like he told me he likes to do, and then we put them into a big fat list. And sometimes he forgets, so he goes over and he's like, oh, oh yeah. I could totally do that outside. And he goes outside and he does whatever, you know? And so that's sometimes what you need to do. The other thing is, especially if you have little ones, something I absolutely love are um, like those bins where you have all types of things and activities to do. If you go on Pinterest, they have all types of these activity bins for toddlers and stuff. And sometimes I just set up two or three of them for the week and I just keep switching them out. They love these things. They could go in there and, you know, it's they're all like usually thematic. I'm not going to get into all the bits of them now. But basically having some type of activities, you can circle them out. Sometimes they'll go on Amazon and honestly, just for this summer, I'll buy like extra like blocks or something that I know will give them um, like open-ended play and just things to do. But the golden rule in general is if they're bored, they're going to make trouble. So sometimes we need to get to the bottom of it. They're not trying to ruin your life. They're just little people with a lot of energy and nothing to do with it. All right. Number two, have a schedule. You can't just have an open free day because it's just going to feel like a chaotic mess. Every day, my kids have a morning checklist. I don't care what time of the year is it. Yes, I am that annoying mom. You have to do these basic life things. I have to teach them no matter where they are in their life, what time of the year it is. They're just basic things you need to do. You need to get up and you need to make your bed. Don't come downstairs unless it's made. Get up, brush your teeth, brush your hair, change your clothes, get yourself together. Even if we're not leaving the house, just sometimes changing your clothes, getting out your jammies and like just honestly not having sleep and cold in your eye and come down the stairs, a hot mess will just fix them up. I tell them, wash their face, brush their teeth, brush their hair. Do not come downstairs and try to eat anything, turn on the TV or do anything else unless these things are done. I also have a schedule in my house for certain times they're allowed to use devices. I do not give my kids devices till about three or four o'clock in the day. That absolutely forces them to be real children and just play. You're going to say, that sounds crazy. Don't they bother you? Of course they do. That's why we had children. So they could play with us and bother us and talk to us. I feel like we have come to this point, some of us in parenting, where we just feel like we're trying to keep them at bay. We're just trying to keep them under control for as long as possible so they don't interrupt our life. I know that sounds really cold and horrible, but that's what I see a lot of parents doing. Devices are pacifying children and just putting them to sleep and not allowing them to do what they're supposed to do at this age, which is socially interact. It's healthy. It's necessary. It's a must. So don't stick them on devices all day because actually that only leads to bad behavior. And I'll talk about that later on. So have a rule in my house. There's certain things in the morning my son has to recycle on. My daughter, I try to get her to do it. She's five. It's like off and on. We definitely do it, but we're a bit lighter where he actually will meet up later on, maybe with a sheikh or something and have to recite for them. Where her, we just do it for the love of Allah and the love of the book where he's doing it to kind of like review his lessons or something. And then we usually give them warm-ups like a math and a reading warm-up. Otherwise, their brains turn to mush. Uh, as, a, as a former educator, I will tell you that children usually leave the school year in June and then return in September losing multiple levels of reading. And then teachers have to spend all of September and half of October just trying to get them up to par. Sometimes they don't, then they stay behind for another month, then they finally catch up. 
It's just a big fat waste of time. Why were we pushing through all of May and June to get them to read better just so they could be right back where they are all the way in October, November, the following year, right? How do you combat that? You have your kids just read for 20 minutes a day consistently. And I tell them it's a love of life. And if they want to read and they're used to reading, they'll read other things like the Quran, books of Sira. Kids are getting away from reading now and it's all about devices and electronics. If you don't stop it, no one will. And don't expect them later on to have a love of learning for things that require books in Islam. It's really, really a life habit, right? Lastly, um, I have a schedule during the day. Like I said, we have some activities or things for them to do. I try to break up the week where we go outside at least once or twice. We have outside time. We have inside time. We have turn on the TV time. We have turn off the TV time. I make windows so that there's almost like it forces them to get away from the screens and devices and go outside. If they say I'm bored, I say, use your imagination, create something, and then I send them outside with a bunch of tools and I'm like, see what you could do with these, you know, like whatever it is, like a bunch of, you know, paper plates or this or something, just like a bunch of things and I tell them to be creative. And they go outside and usually first they sludge around, but because they know there's no way I'm gonna give them any devices, they force themselves to be creative and they often come up with some really amazing games and they end up having a ton of fun forgetting that it's time for devices when they're allowed to use them because they're still outside playing. See, these are this is real life. It, it, children are naturally creative. So just let them fall into their nature and don't let them fall into their nefts of wanting and wanting devices. Or they'll just be adults who are addicted to devices like so many of us, whether we admit it or not, right? Number three, have set rules and follow them. So I have a hard rule in my house that if you do certain things, you lose device time. Now I have an older son who devices are important to him. He likes to design cars on devices. That's his jam, right? He's just like, I want to divide, you know, make them different colors and put different wheels. Like that's his thing. Alhamdulillah, halal doesn't bother me. He's just being creative. That's fine. I have a daughter who couldn't really care less for the devices. She more likes to watch certain shows. So whatever it is that's important to them, I tell them that these things are luxuries. They're not must-haves. And so if they lose my time in things that are really important and mandatory, they lose their luxury time. So for example, if they're supposed to do something they're supposed to do and they don't do it, they get, instead of getting like strikes and timeouts and stuff, I just tell them, you have lost minutes of our life for things that are important. So we're going to have to take it from somewhere. There's only a certain amount of minutes in the day and you're going to lose it from your luxury device times. And so that's what happens. We have a chart in the house. They get minus five, minus 10 and all that. Can they get their minutes back? No. I don't do that. I used to do that sometimes. I try it out with different children of mine because every child is different. But I find that they often just chalk it up to, well, I'll just do something later that's good and I'll get my minutes back. And then they think they've beat the system. And then it becomes a game of them just trying to beat the system in numbers. So they end up with all their device time by the end of the day anyway, even if they were really horrible. And so I'm just like, that doesn't work, right? If I, if I, go through a red light and a cop pulls me over, I'm going to get a ticket. I don't get to be like, hey, do I really have to get that ticket? Can I just, you know, you don't get to negotiate with certain things in life. Consequences are consequences. So I try to let them know that there's hard consequences. And so they just need to make better choices. I always sit down with them and I tell them, listen, the reason you're struggling, buddy, is because you're making poor choices. And I really emphasize in my children, maybe I'll do this in a series come September, October, about how to talk to your children better to get their mindset to be more positive, 
kids need it too these days to help them make better choices, to help them behave even better with more detail. I can get into all that if you want. I do a lot of that on Thrive with challenges. We have discipline challenges going on for parents in the summer. We do exercises. We cheer each other on. Really good stuff. But for the rest of you who are not involved, and don't get access to all that great stuff. I want you to know if you're interested in a podcast or two, when I could give you some tidbits of that information, let me know. All right. We also have an awesome resource, by the way, for discipline in um, our website on our website, www.mindful-muslima.com for toddlers for ages like I think it's zero to five. Great things you should know and understand about them and how you should approach these ages differently. Which moves me on to number four, which is my last one, which is another free PDF we have, like the ultimate guide for dealing with kids and devices. We have that as well, www.mindful-muslimah.com. We have in our resources section, a whole PDF on that. It helps you to understand why getting control of your kids and devices is important. It helps you set up a little plan with them, a little rule sheet, like so you can put that up in the house. But definitely having set times for devices is really important. They are highly addictive and they lead to very bad behavior and a lot of impulse reactive behavior. The type of stuff as adults we spend all our time trying to undo because it is so toxic. So I know it seems like a quick fix, for you to put them on so they don't whine and cry when you're sitting in the doctor's office or they don't um, bother you while you're doing meetings or cooking or whatever you want to do. But the truth is long-term, so that was a short-term fix, long-term, it is a negative. And so you have to get used to getting your kids. My kids only have 45 minutes a day on devices out of the entire summer day. And so they know that that time is sacred and they look forward to it. And they they can't wait and it's exciting as opposed to like, I just have like unbridled time with the device all day, which I see a lot of parents doing. And then later on when they rip their kids off the devices or they even kindly ask them to get off, they are not compliant. You have to be understandable that these things are in fact addictive. They've been created that way. And a lot of your discipline issues with your child might stem from the fact that they're having a lot of overexposure, right? I hope these four things are things you can really keep in mind. If you get them all going, this will really, really help you. Number one, golden rule. Kids who are bored get in trouble. Have things for them to do on a Sunday night for the upcoming week. Just plan it out. A lot of times you could just print off things, activities. There's literally cheap, easy things in your house. You can even Google so many websites, just like 100 ideas of things to do with your kids in the summer. Anything you've ever thought that someone needed is honestly on Google. You just We're just not really looking. We're just doing the easy thing and just throwing them on TVs and devices. Don't, all right? Number two, have a schedule. You know, the open day, all day, just like when we were in COVID, it can just feel like Ugh, because there's nothing to do. So having set times for things like when to use devices, when to have TV, when to go outside, or when to go do free time with the toys in your room. Like, you know, we buy them these things and they don't play with them and they just go straight for the TV and things. So trying to get them back into that groove, having time for a little bit of reading, a little time for Quran. And honestly, guys, following through, it really means everything. They know when you don't take stuff seriously. Number three, have set rules and stick to them. Don't worry. You're not hurting their feelings. You're not ruining their life. We're ruining their life if we don't give them structure. Children actually thrive on structure. Take it from a licensed educator. They need it. 
you need to give it to them. Otherwise, how else are they going to get it? And number four, just get a hold on their device time. Again, we have resources for toddler issues and um, for like device issues and all that stuff. And even how to raise the perfect Muslim child or an awesome Muslim, amazing Muslim child. We have that stuff on the website as well, all in the free resources section. I hope you guys really enjoyed this quick reminder and quick hits podcast. We're doing a lot of these in the summer as we travel worldwide. Follow us on Instagram to see where we are now and follow us on TikTok as we're uploading and getting into the groove in TikTok and kind of like, you know, getting our stuff on that platform that's a new one for us. And I will see you in the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.